Welcome to episode 9 of We Don't Believe in Beatles, the post-Beatles podcast. Each week we explore a solo album by a Beatle from the point of view of me, Jess, and him. Cameron. By and large, we've never heard these albums before, but luckily our friend Jack is here to guide us through the varied terrain. And what varied terrain do we have this week? So, this week, a friend came to us with sadness in his eyes. Although we couldn't feel the pain, we knew we had to try. So we listened to the fallen snow while standing on the corner just us John Lennon and Yoko oh no (laughs) who's that over there it's George and Ravi Shankar playing at the MSG everyone's in New York City these days except Paul McCartney he's in Scotland isn't he Great Britain you are (laughs) tremendous he exclaimed (laughs) and nobody knows like me but really what are they doing in the land across the sea but wherever they were they all had a sing They did not lie down. They did not do nothing. They did not give in. Instead, they got a wee bit mad and released a fairly mixed bag. (laughs) It's sometime in Bangladesh, Ireland and New York City. Cool. So just to clarify, in case it wasn't immediately obvious. So that that concludes the spoken word piece of the podcast. Was that clear enough? Uh, Yeah. To me. But then I know what we're doing because I listen to all the records. It It will become clearer. So I hope. Anyway. We'll see. So this is episode nine of our podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, this week we had a, a record to focus on, which is John Lennon and Yoko Ono's record, Sometime in New York City. After listening to it and uh, getting a bit of advice from Jack Gilligan here, we decided that maybe that album does not have enough to really talk about for 45 minutes. So <laughs> instead we decided to tackle a few projects that were happening at the time, and that included a whole bunch of uh, political stuff that happened to be going on. And Twas that was the season. Twas the season. Now, why is that? What was going on in 1972? Yeah, it's 1972 that kind of prompted so much political unrest. Well... So John and Yoko moved to New York the previous September. Mm. So they got involved with all, I guess, the radical sort of people that were around and proper immersed themselves into that world Yeah, uh, and had this album. And then, you know, there was just a lot going on in the world, apparently. Mm. Height of the Vietnam War, some stuff going on in Bangladesh, apparently. apparently. <laughs> which I've never heard about, mm. not going to lie. Yes, same. It's quite weird. I mean, to me, like, Bangladesh is a normal country. It's like, you know, it's Bangladesh. Like, uh it's next to India. It's like, yeah, it's like, I don't know, fighting for some great injustice happening in, like, India, which just seems kind of weird in the present day that we live in. But I guess Bangladesh was a very different place in the 1970s, not that long after partition, in fact, and separation from from Pakistan. It was East East Pakistan, Pakistan, wasn't it? That's kind of the point of... (laughs) of this whole situation, wasn't it? That a lot of people didn't know that it had claimed sovereignty. Yeah. Is that right? So just considered it part of Pakistan. And, and so it was trying to, the, the, the record, um, or the, the, the single that George released called Bangladesh and the concept of Bangladesh was to raise, was to raise the awareness, uh, for the newly yeah. independent country. Is that right? That right. I just want to check something quickly before we do that. Jess, just then when you said the word Bangladesh, Jack, did you start singing Bangladesh just under your breath? Bangladesh. I missed, I missed that. <laughs> There's this little like... It's just too... Yeah, it's, it's very it's a good song. It really is. Yeah. Anyway, so basically we've got we've got a live album. We've got the concert for Bangladesh, which was basically the first ever benefit, benefit concert, concert. Yeah. Mm. in history, which is really interesting to talk about. Besides that, we've got a single, or well, maybe not even a single, but a song that appeared on the Sometime in New York City album called Luck of the Irish. And coincidentally, question mark, Paul McCartney also released a wing single called Give Ireland Back to the Irish. So only coincidentally... 
because you know they're two former Beatles, but they both had like a high enough profile to and connection. Like I both have Irish roots, right? And also, I guess at the time there was a lot of violence going on. Yeah, uh, exactly. The so IRA, they IRA they such, wanted yeah. to speak up about it. You yeah. know, and um, John so much so he wrote two songs about yeah, it and put them back to back on the record. Yeah, Sunday by Sunday, yeah. Sunday as well. Yeah. Um, also, there around this time there was also the uh, you know the Lennon Christmas song Happy Christmas War is Over, um, and another single which is you know pretty political as well, Power to the People. Um, so all of them kind of feel like they fit into the same kind of era. So that's why we chose to kind of tackle these all together. Um, so some really interesting stuff to go over. Um, where do you guys want to start? I was thinking maybe the Bangladesh Yeah, that was situation. Sure. Yep. chronologically yeah. first, wasn't it? I like that, the Bangladesh situation. <laughs> situation. So we're going to dissect and dive into... <laughs> don't believe in politics. After just admitting that we didn't know anything about it until a week ago. Let's discuss it. I mean, I was uh, horrified when I looked up the Wikipedia page on this conflict. Uh, I'm not going to go into it too too much. but uh, Sure. Because I, don't, not I really... don't fully understand it. Sure. That's not really why we're here, I guess. Um, but I think the most interesting thing is... The reason they did this show at the time was because there was no other way for people to really know about this shit. Like, obviously, there was no social media. There was only what the media chose to inform yeah. the Western population of. And so the fact that George took this, which was kind of a, a, a near to his heart, I guess, because he was friends with Ravi Shankar and he'd been to India and, yeah. and Ravi kind of came to him and said... I'm hurting. What's the lyric from the song? Came to him and a said... A friend came to me and said, you know, help us out, man. I can't remember. Is Ravi Shankar the friend? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realise. I referenced him in the spoken word bit at the beginning. Well, well there's a lot to unpack. <laughs> I couldn't take it all on board. Anyway, so, you know, this... It really did raise a shitload of money for the situation. 250,000. <laughs> Pounds? Dollars? Dollars, I assume. Sure. A lot. Well, it was in New York City, wasn't it, as well? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's incredible. And also, so the concert itself, if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth watching, even though there's not a full version of it kind of out there. Did you guys watch the video? I just listened to the record. I've watched watched some of the videos. videos, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But there is a full album out there, which you can purchase and listen to. And it starts with a whole section by Ravi Shankar and some other Indian musicians, which is fucking phenomenal. Mm. And I like the, the he does the intro. Well, they're all tuning, aren't they? Their yeah. sitars and other Indian instruments. <laughs> and uh, the crowd just like claps, don't they? And then he's like, uh, if you like the tune in uh, so much, I You're hope you enjoy the, the performance. Like, it's, like, <laughs> it's great. And it really like that moment must have just endeared him to the audience so yeah. much. Yeah. And I mean, he was, a, you know, well, he is a rock star, really, Ravi Shankar. Like, yeah. He has that kind of charisma that came from people like George and, and John anyway. So he really fit in with that kind of crowd. But I think it would have been, especially to a bunch of like stoned 70s hippies, they would it would have it. just oh, seemed yeah. like the best thing they'd ever seen in yeah, their life. Yeah, yeah for sure. I can't imagine it. there are a lot of classical Indian concerts going around at exactly. the time, yeah. uh, touring, touring the States. That's right, yeah. So it was fantastic. And then, of course, you know, George invited a whole bunch of high-profile musicians to play with him, including, of course, Ringo Starr. Um, Klaus Vorman, the legendary Klaus Vorman. Legendary Klaus Vorman bass player. Um, Billy Preston. Clapton. Bob Dylan. Who only apparently turned up at the last minute. Yeah. And was really? Just kind of, he looked, George looked over and saw him in the wings and uh, and was like, phew, okay, great. Oh, wow. <laughs> and absolutely, cool? yeah, and kills it. He's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, mm. Really good. Should we talk about Billy Preston? Yeah, I was about to say that. <laughs> because we haven't oh. really like delved into him. No. Like, and like, he's basically been featured on apart from the Paul McCartney Wings albums, on a, 
Oh, and the ringer. Pretty much everything. Anyway, he's, <laughs> he's done he's, a lot. He's been on a good few albums. Yeah, I'd he, say half of the podcasts we've mentioned him. Yeah, like he's been on all the uh, Plastic Ono, in Plastic Ono band stuff, yeah. and uh, George Harrison's album. Mm. And yeah, and he was one of the only people, apart from Clapton, that played with the Beatles on the Beatles record, you know? Well, oh, Clapton was on White was, Album, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I'm a guitar, Gently Weeps. Yeah. I think that was it, to be fair. Okay. Well, still counts. But still, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Billy Preston was there throughout all the Get Back sessions, the Abbey Rose sessions, mm. and they just kept him on board, basically, after the breakup. Yeah, I mean, there was he was kind of the fifth member of the Beatle in the final days. And he was, but at that point, he was already a, a solo artist in his own right, was he? Uh, session musician, is that right? Like, was yeah, he kind of, played with a lot of people? Sh- I'm not sure who he started off with, but he, he played with Ray Charles. Oh, wow. So there's an amazing video, which... You, both seen, haven't you? Oh, of him dancing yes. in his oh. green suit. It's yeah, a God. TV show appearance or something. Yeah, Just... I I thought that Ringo's uh, sentimental journey couldn't be topped, but <laughs> how wrong I was. <laughs> but just type in Billy Preston dancing in YouTube, and it will come up. If you haven't seen it, it is. It will cheer your day up. And what a sure. beautiful singer and a great performer. He really brings that concert to life. It's definitely one of the highlights. His tune, mm, which is called. Right. That's the way uh, God planned it. That's yes. the way God planned it. That, yeah. On that note, Jess, is that too goddy for you? Does it cross the God threshold? Uh, I don't know. It's it doesn't strike me as gives me the kind of like awkwardness that some of the songs on All Things Must Pass did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is a different vibe for sure. This it's like All Things Must Pass is high school church like sort of in fact mm. our high school church experience. Exactly. It is that sort of vibe, but much more pop. Yeah. Whereas a gospel singer is a bit of a different world. Yeah, totally. Have you heard... So before All Things Must Pass was released, because George couldn't get some of them songs on Be- the Beatles albums, he gave them to Billy Preston. Oh, okay. Which I, we did, I don't think we mentioned before. As in, and then Billy Preston recorded them and released them? Yeah. Ah. So there's a... Ver- I can't remember all the songs, but for sure, All Things Must Pass has a version of Billy Preston doing that. And My Sweet wow, Lord. Wow, cool. Which is... They're worth checking out. Mm. I think the All Things Must Pass versions are... Um, better okay but yeah cool. worth checking out and also talking of god mm. uh, it turns out he is a concept <laughs> by which we measure our pain <laughs> so billy preston actually played piano on that song god on god oh, by yeah. John Lennon. yeah 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 huh. cool should we go back and insert this part into a, i think so. previous episode yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. we didn't okay. mention it so there you go yeah cool it's oh, good a to little, amend later a little nugget for people who continue mm. listening but, uh, yeah, he's a legend. Yeah. Billy Preston, our man. So, overall, listening to the concert, I was, like, the, the audio recording, um, it was the the George songs I was really excited to hear. And I'd say they were, like, good, not great. There yeah. was There's a little bit... Um, maybe it's the, the recording, the live recording ability of the time and just, like, the technical ability didn't capture some of the... Like, the, the intensity that I was yeah. hoping for it and totally. the intensity of, of the record of All Things Must Pass. Um, I still really enjoyed it, but yeah, it didn't explode me in my pants like I kind of... Yeah, you can imagine if George had kind of lived longer and, and was more act, an active live performer later, he would have, you know, seen the heights of what McCartney's now become as a live yeah, show, sure. which is just mm. like absolutely ball-twistingly good. <laughs> yeah, sadly, George Harrison twisted all too few balls <laughs> in his time, true. famously. Yes, yeah, some of the highlights on the concert aren't, aren't George moments, mm, actually. Yeah. There yeah. are Ringo doing... 
You're done, come easy. <laughs> While reading a sheet of lyrics from behind the drum. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's brilliant. Uh, Wait, is he drumming as he sings that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Ah, okay, because on the record, his vocals are a bit rough. If he's drumming, I can oh, kind of make an excuse that. You and fucking Ringo. I've got no problem with Ringo. No, I, you fucking do have I a problem fucking with Ringo. Don't. And let's, let's just hash it out right now. What's right. your deal? My deal is... I'm pointing at him. My de- <laughs> pointing! My deal is that I uh, expected... Okay, two of the first three records were Ringo records. Correct. And they were not exactly what I had in mind when I agreed to do a podcast. Look, about it the don't come people. easy, all right? It don't. That's true. And so I You didn't agree to come on a sentimental journey, is that what you're saying? That's basically what I'm saying. Bye and bye, Blackbird. Uh, <laughs> and so You've got a whole load of bukus of blues. Uh, a right. whole load of bukus <laughs> of blues. Is there any is there any a whole load of lots of of blues? Oh by the way, I mean Oh, uh, I wish we could keep doing this, but love don't last long. God. None of, right, none of this matters. <laughs> Have you got a point? My point is, Ringo, I'm growing I think the last thing that I said about Ringo, you'll find, was was lauding him. That lauding's a good thing, right? L A U D. Sure. Yeah, I was lauding him with praise of his drumming for his drumming on Plastic Ono Band, mm-hmm. and I was excited I'm to just hear what he comes up with next. Smoke break. I've seen his hit. <laughs> you done? Oh god. Yeah, and I, I can't wait to hear the next Ringo album when we when we finally get to it. It don't come easy. is a pretty good song that we haven't it's talked a about yet. Have we? When did it come out? Right yeah. around here now, right? Um, it might have even came out like, yeah, I think the year previous, yeah, 71 as a single, song. but it's on the next Ringo album. Oh, great. Oh, okay. so we'll get, which is called Ringo. Um, and it's, I can't wait, it's just yeah. great, yeah. It's Apparently, like, George pretty much wrote it. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll save it for the podcast. Save it for the podcast. The correct podcast. Um, the other thing... The song Bangladesh on the record is is great. It's like on the live record. on the live record. Yeah. It's it's monumental, better than the than the single version. I'd say it's got it's yeah, got it sure. captures that fury yes, that I was hoping for in the rest of the record. What That's about the uh, B side to that the, to the single uh, Bangladesh? Deep Blue. Did you listen to it? I did listen to Deep Blue. Did you listen to Deep Blue. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, I didn't have a strong opinion on it. It seemed like kind okay. of a slow, soft, ballady yeah. thing. It's quite nice. I, know I like yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Good. Not much to say about it, but... Not much to say about it's, it. It's Thank God I didn't listen to it. It was there, yeah. It was there, ready to be listened to, whether we did or not. It's interesting to see how a benefit concert like this was received in 1972 compared to the complexities of something like this in today's day and age, isn't it? It's like, it feels like no one can do anything kind of pure of heart without it being dissected and kind of like... Mm. I guess, like, just mulled over in every possible way by the public or by, you know, recipients. You know, you could... You could argue there's a bit of a white saviour complex kind of going on here of, you know, the the Western musicians coming in and going, we're not actually going to spend all our money to help out. We're going to uh, get a whole bunch of, yeah. you know, working class people to send their money to help out these people. And we're going to get our faces on the, the postcard that says, you're welcome. Yeah. And by the, 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 I'm sure if this happened now, there'd also be, you know, people saying, oh, well, what about the, there's a militia group that's a part exactly. of the uprising right. yeah, that some of this money will go to. Yeah, that's right. And it's like, that's all right. And it's probably for the greater good, but it's just nice to imagine a time when... A simpler yeah. time when, when it was just that. like, cool, someone just did something nice. For good reasons, you know, it was. Yeah. And we will get more into that when we talk more about John's album. <laughs> yeah. I think that's when it gets a little more There's plenty more of good intentions going to skew think, there. Yes. But I do think this was legit. Because it's not... Oh, totally, yeah. 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 It's like, And it's his mates that he came to play. Yes. You know, like he's not getting, you know... I mean, it just so happens that all his mates are just huge. The biggest star the <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, but yeah. It is interesting to kind of compare Harrison with Lennon McCartney at this stage. It, he really comes off as the one with the most humility, the one that does come off the most kind of sincere. Mm. Um, 
And at his core, it feels like, you know, the song Bangladesh was written specifically for this reason without any, you know, with Lennon's songs, uh, political songs, you get this real kind of sense of like, "Uh aren't I clever for kind of including this message or like making these lyrics kind of a bit smug or a Mm. bit kind of like ironic or um, inflammatory, you know, whereas, and Mm. Paul is a little less serious. He kind of feels like he doesn't really take it seriously enough. For sure. Give Island Back to the Irish being a, a perfect example of that. incredible you know. banger. But I mean, so, such a good song. So good. D- dare we talk about yeah, it? let's do it. I mean, right. this is what's interesting about, like you just saying, the different personalities and seriousness of how they take it or whatever. If they were all together still at this point, mm. could they have come together to make the most catchy, political, but also really meaningful song you know mm. if they're being george there to kind of cut back john's pretentiousness and and yeah and, and paul to make it all a bit more lighthearted. or yeah. would it have all or to been... have the pop sensibility of this i don't know mm. make it more catchy or would it have been all like watered down to be like kind of avoiding being political so if you think about you know any political leanings of the beatles that were non-existent like it was only after they went solo that they kind of had the freedom to be able to go well fuck it we'll do what we want we're now we're george harrison and john lennon and paul mccartney but uh, yeah. and Ringo Starr. Uh, sorry, and Ringo yeah. Starr. He was really making but some like, statements on that. Right? <laughs> but specifically, the two... I mean, John's got two songs, but like The Luck of the Irish and Give Ireland Back to the Irish, they're about the they're about the same thing, you yes. know? Mm. Um, but they could not be more different as yeah, far as their content. Approach. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so could they have written a perfect song about this subject together? I, I think, yes, really. That's yeah. why they were so successful together. But I really do think that it would have... It wouldn't, it wouldn't have, have happened, no, you know, yeah. in the Beatles, it was kind of such a machine and it, and it depended so much on so many people's points of view by that stage, you mm-hmm. know, whether it was record Ringo's, labels. Ringo's mum. <laughs> well, you know, like, and George, jo- toward the end, John had signed with a new manager when Brian Epstein died without basically consulting with the Beatles either. We ended up, you know, stealing a whole bunch of their money out of the, you know, the fights that ensued between them all. So it's like, you know, there were just too many, too many people uh, going Do round and round, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> looking yeah. for a piece of cake. Just, I mean, you ramming on have, with her. Yeah, couldn't have put it better, really. But yeah, so I, I guess the point is, they got so complicated that they probably never would have been able to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that is a reassuring thought. You know, we can all sleep it sound, sleep soundly at night, knowing that we didn't miss out on the Beatles sometime in Liverpool City. Mm, that is, yeah, that's true. Actually, it's probably for the best that it wasn't tainted. I saw, I saw a great interview with Paul today actually when I was doing a bit of a YouTube binge uh, how he said he's really proud of the fact that the Beatles catalogue is extremely positive like there's not a lot of kind of inflammatory lyrics where they kind of are like yeah you know uh, fuck the system or like you know it's all love. You know, tell, yeah, tell your parents that you you, you, you got to like do what them. you want. Yeah, that kind tell of Tell you're moving out. Yeah, it's all very peace and love and very kind of uplifting. And, he's, and he said, you know, especially now that he's a bit older, he's so proud of that, that, mm. you know, he would have positively influenced people. I thought that was really lovely. It's nice and yeah. very Paul, i got to say, from it's what very we've seen of him so far. Yeah. I love that in a song called Give Ireland Back to the Irish, he has he still includes the line, Great Britain, you are tremendous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tremendous. It is, it is so, yeah, it's so pleasant. But don't be, don't be naughty, he's yeah. basically saying. It's like how a, would you, he literally is like, how would you feel if the Irish soldiers came up to you and said no? You know what he's like? He's like Tintin. He's like if Tintin was talking to the character of Great Britain, he would talk to her in that way. Now, don't you think... The, the Irish have had enough. That's my Tintin voice, by the was, way. Was that the nineties Canadian cartoon? Yeah, nineties obviously yeah, the only oh, cartoon. I was I was in so I was in Leeds the other day. No and at Nottingham the other day. Yeah. And in Nottingham they had a 
a shop entirely of Tintin memorabilia. Oh, yeah? I saw um, one of them in, in Brussels as well. Well, that seems more likely. Did you enter yeah, the establishment? No, it was closed. And then the next morning, I was like, I'm going to go to that. And then I completely forgot. I was so oh, sad no. because I saw something I was going to buy you. Oh, Jess, that's oh, no. very sweet. You know, I've still got my, my copy of, um, what did I get? Tintin in Tibet that I haven't read yet. Uh, in French. In French, yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you managed yeah. to Why get into Tibet? Um, <laughs> it was the I think it was the forties. The restrictions weren't oh, so. Fair. No, he probably got he got smuggled the over. Forties, wasn't it? Oh. Wasn't when he was writing those books. Uh, Tintin Tibet was written in like the seventies. Oh really? Oh, it's a late one. Yeah, because he he started writing them before World War Two and then stopped for years right. and then started them up again. So this is uh, we don't believe in Tintin. The yep. post Tintin podcast. <laughs> I, I I don't know whether to, or not to believe in Tintin. So I know I know much, Tintin not much is about the oh, best. God, yeah. 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 It really is. Just seeing of. that shot reminded me how much I, I need to get a Tintin tattoo. Yeah, okay. Yeah. What would you get? Just Tintin and Snowy. Oh, yeah? And a, a little portrait, yeah. I'm going to get the crab of the, the crab meat Yeah, tin. my pubes. In a crab? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Keep it G-rated, please. <laughs> uh. So, anyway, yeah, I think Tintin probably crossed the border from Nepal. He faked a, a trip up Everest and then just came down the other side on Tibet and okay, ended up fair. getting smuggled into a... Was he, did he yeah, they don't really go into the politics of it. I don't think he went to Bangladesh. No, yeah. he might have flown to Bangladesh yeah, okay. and then took, taken a, a maybe he's Pakistan. Maybe, maybe he's <laughs> did Pakistan. you know that Erge, the author of Tintin, never left Belgium? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that mad? He, he was living vicariously through his greatest creation. Bless mm. oh, hmm. him. He even puts himself in every book. There's a little uh, self-portrait in as like a background character in every uh, every no. story. I live vicariously through my greatest creation. The uh, post Beatles podcast we don't believe in Beatles I don't know exactly how that works living vicariously through a podcast that I'm on god that's heavy do I insert myself into every episode I think of the I podcast? need a smoke break too and I don't even smoke <laughs> yeah. um, so moving on from Ireland yeah um, are we moving on from Ireland um, I don't know <laughs> so we don't have to we, let's wait let's just talk about this for a second so Give Ireland Back to the Irish was because we did Wildlife last week Wildlife did not produce a single mm, at the right. time the they first were... wing single was Give Ireland Back to the yes. Irish yes yeah so we'll that's weird we'll it talk, weird, we'll talk yeah. more about the other singles next week mm. in but yeah this was the first single and this year in fact was all the. it was just singles from Paul McCartney there right. was no album until yeah. the following year. Mm. So this was the first thing. And also the first Wings album, Wildlife, no one, no one really knew who Wings were. It, it wasn't yeah. really marketed very well. Or we said it was marketed a lot, actually, didn't we? Oh, uh, yeah? Uh-oh. Because But people didn't seem to realise that it was Paul McCartney. Right. Well, that's right. The, because the cover doesn't say the band on it and also doesn't really feature him that prominently. Mm. And they really changed that with the next record. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, it's interesting that at the time it was like th- that shit mattered. It's not like you could just be Beyonce and drop an album without promoting anything and it's instantly just snapped up by everyone who knows your music. It's, yeah. yeah, It was so dependent on how the record label actually chose to market a record. Mm. Um, yeah, so yeah. I think the deal with, with the single from Wildlife, they were going to release Love is Strange as a single, but it yeah. didn't pass. I think because the album sale was really bad or something, That's for some right, reason yeah. they canned it and released Give Ireland Back to the Irish instead, which, and which was banned by the BBC. So it's like, oh, yeah, you know, the, the Wings had quite a, a hard, hard start. Yeah. Aside from like the claim of having a band song gets, gets you a bit of notoriety and gets yeah, you a bit of true. attention. But aside from that, it's a, yeah, it was a bit of a slow, slow start for our Wingsies. Mm. So apart from, I mean, we're going, we're going, f- skipping forward a bit, but mm. apart from uh, writing it for his children, I think he uh, wrote 
Mary Had a Little Lamb as mm. like a protest against the BBC. The real protest song. Really? Yeah. Like, so he was like, well, you're going to ban, you know, give Ireland back to the Irish? Play this. <laughs> I, I <laughs> dare fucking... you to ban this. <laughs> Soft cunts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought he more just wrote that because he wrote it for his kids. Yeah, no, it was mainly. But, yeah, <laughs> but I have been interpreting that as well. it. Hot take. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Is that your hot take? No, I've got another hot take for okay, next great, week. Great. But, you know, we'll say your hot take. So we've got the concert for Bangladesh. Um, great, successful performance. Uh, you know, brought George. It was kind of the peak of his fame at this stage, I mm. guess, right after his most successful and first record. And then John puts out a record called Sometime in New York City to celebrate his moving to New York City with Yoko Ono. Um, I mean, that's actually a good way to put it. It seems like that, doesn't it? It's just like, look at me. I'm in New York City. Yeah. Look at who I'm involved with. Yeah. Look at what's happening. I mean, literally... Look at what's happening. Literally, the song titles and messages are, take, are ripped from the headlines and they don't you know, make you have to imagine anything there because the album cover is imagine. a newspaper yeah. with the song titles plus all over it, including some ooh, <laughs> controversial stuff. There sure was. Before we go into anything, I do actually genuinely think that this came... All the songs come from a sincere place. I do really yeah. think so. Mm. And it, with a lot of these things, he went. he did some, uh, like, benefit sort of rallies as well, like, to support some of these movements or like issues mm -hmm. so i think he was genuine in what he was doing yeah i i get that impression from it from it as well i don't actually. deny that I, yeah. don't, I don't think it has to be one or the other you don't have to be either a complete cynic or you know um a complete jesus to like with your attitude to all this kind of stuff but it's just ugh, it comes across as so misguided now it just mm. comes across as him being a real armchair kind of critic of stuff. I don't know. I suppose all of these songs that we've talked about as well are are dated. Mm. This yeah. is the thing. Well, that's they're not, true. They're that's not, what happens when you make, make political music. It's not universal. It's not, you know, all you need is love or even yeah. or, revolution. Or, or, even, no, if you, yeah. or even if you compare it to Bob Dylan stuff, which was political, it was enough, like, clouded enough in metaphors that it hasn't really lost. It hasn't no. become less relevant or hasn't become significantly less relevant there's still a time. lot to read into yes. yeah. just want to check do you guys smell burnt toast or am I having a stroke oh uh, uh, really <laughs> yeah I don't smell burnt toast really wait well, I mean, that is that say. blood coming out of your nose <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this is my last appearance on <laughs> we don't believe you in really videos. are going to be living vicariously through this when you're dead yeah I guess so good lord you don't get that wait I do smell yeah that. okay cool good. I'm sure it's Amy. Amy yeah burnt toast dear me did I have something else to say about Give Ireland Back to the Irish? It's just a great tune. Yeah, oh, that's that's probably the most important thing. Yeah, it is, is a good song. It's, it's such a listenable song. It just, yeah. It's dumb. It's like a big sing-along song. Yeah. But by God, it's good. It's like what it's what Paul does best. What must have people thought, though, like when that came out? Because he hasn't got the best, you know track record at the moment has he since he's left the Beatles he's not he, everyone's not his biggest fan right now no mm, and yeah. I dare say there would have been two camps of people that would have not liked this one would have been you know the real um, colonial diehards who would have just thought stay the fuck out of it it's, you know McCartney um, <laughs> yeah you know it's not up to you to have a say in this you're just a you know a free willing hippie and then the other people who are just like oh 
Paul can get fucked. He doesn't have anything interesting to say right now. Gosh. Who the um, hell do you think you are, McCartney? Yeah. <laughs> Jack, do you know, because um, in case you didn't notice, Jack is English. Um, and what? Do, do you, yeah, I know. Uh, I've been meaning to tell you this for a while. Good Lord. Um, do you know what the response was, or like what the attitude was from the English towards Northern Ireland and what was happening in the 70s towards the, the Bloody Sunday. I would say that everyone's uh, We're really reaction political now, aren't we? was, um, was that no one knew about it until you two released that song, Sunday, Bloody Sunday. <laughs> well, more so than really? John Lennon's song, Sunday, Bloody Sunday. No, I'm just, I just needed something to say. Ah, okay. I don't know when that U2 song was released. Yeah. Many years later. Many years later, I, I think, guess. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, no, no don't okay, I'm not cool. going to delve into that because I don't know enough about it to, um, strike the, to, to, strike co- the question to comment from the record. on it. Yeah. It's also just something about the English having a point of view. and Like, I understand the wanting to show solidarity with, you know, and, and I've seen interviews with both John and Paul who was just saying, well, we just wanted to show that we've, you know, we're all the same. Like, we have Irish stock in our family too, and we wanted to show that it's not us versus them. You know, we feel for our Irish brothers like... We feel for our English brothers in conflict. And that's great. That's all good and well-intentioned, but it's like ugh, there is a sense, and we get that more than more kind of in, in contemporary, um, you know, kind of race relations is is that, like, it doesn't always have to be uh, a white, particularly English or colonial person, like, standing up for the minorities, you know, rather than letting them stand up for themselves or, like, kind of giving platforms to you know it would have been better for them to kind of be like hey check out all this irish music that is saying the same shit we're saying Mm. rather than being like listen to me because i'm john lennon or listen to me because i'm paul mccartney and i think john's songs come across way more like that to me where it's like it kind of they take these really kind of obvious irish tropes and you know it's very (laughs) it's very derivative well and then also as i said the lyrics they're very smug i mean the line is basically if you have the luck of the irish you'd wish you were English because Instead, yeah. I yeah. mean that's which is just I don't know I get it but it's kind of like it's like he's saying it with arms crossed going <laughs> how good was that you know which I get a lot out of this yeah it's, yeah it's like a yeah he's just trying to you know get a reaction be provocative totally that yeah. line you know mm. yeah like other titles on the album yeah. uh, should we mention the elephant in the room uh, the, the elephant's memory in the room uh yeah so uh, i mean oh i like thank that. you elephant's memory it's the name of the band on the record it's, isn't it's it plastic, oh, it's plastic, sorry plastic, <laughs> is it a plastic oh no elephant's memory band i think it might be that's yeah quite that's true. the full name so let me just say I, me- I mentioned a while ago about um when i was listening to the ringo album that i was embarrassed that the neighbors might hear me listening to it well if i thought i would be embarrassed by that then uh, wait till the first track on this record yeah so the first track on this record includes the n-word we are obviously not going to say it um but it refers to uh women it associates the word with women basically saying like well you know if if black people are having a bad time then consider the plight of women mm. and again great message like that is in in important and apparently it was kind of yoko's behest you know that they did this song it was something she'd already kind of coined as a phrase Mm. of course when it came out people were you know it was it's it was accordingly controversial um and they basically came and said hey that's not how we meant it and it's like that is absolutely not good enough (laughs) yeah i guess at the time it was less yeah like you could not get away with that now um for good reason but it's Um, like it's a a slogan isn't it you know what i mean yes of course it's it's, a headline literally it is written on the cover of this record it's supposed to get a reaction yeah yeah Yeah. and Um, uh yeah of of course at at the time it's kind of the the 
race dialogue was different that you could get away with with things a bit more even though the song was banned still and was not um, mm. they were thinking of releasing it as a single originally right, right. Well. Uh, I think they did release it as a single oh. I'm pretty sure but it was banned they played the, oh, the B-side banned. whatever that was <laughs> okay. um, instead um, yeah but in and I and apparently John Lennon kind of got uh, the opinions of several civil rights activists and spoke to people about the song you know he he um, made an effort to to see that it was kind of that other that people thought it was okay that people, before it was released before it was released yeah, Fair. Um, but, yeah. yeah by the same token it's just it's something irrespective of however it was intended or how it came out at the time it's just it's really it's aged, aged, very badly. aged very badly <laughs> and also that, just yeah. because you have the permission from one black person to use a word does not give you carte blanche to you know use it as an excuse against anyone who might be offended yeah yeah and yeah. Obviously, the intention of the song was to shock Lee, and he yep. used that word just as he knew that he was going to be using it. Yep. So he, he knew what its what its effect would be. Mm. Um, and I guess if you compare it to you know like the swearing on uh, I think some plastic ono band, there's a big loud fuck in there. Yeah. Um, multiple. Multiple. Uh, yeah. If, if I guess it's the same sort of intention behind the the message to like grab people's attention through something offensive. Yeah, this happens to be one that doesn't um, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't hold up very well. And look, I mean, as opposed to Imagine, this record was not received well it was at the time. So this was no. kind of John's first big stumbling block in the public eye, which yeah. is interesting. Um, it definitely should have been Imagine. We've, well, <laughs> we've uh, mentioned the uh, incredible website Best Ever Albums before. This yeah. is apparently the 7,087th best album ever released. Jesus. <laughs> I think that's that bad. is generous. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately as well, the opening track is the is probably the best song. From the Musically, the record. Music, Musically yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. It's got a really good arrangement. It's got a great hook. It's kind of a, a swung groove that is mm. kind of just grooves really well yeah it's got a great build the mm. saxophone's wicked in it there's a lot yeah. of good saxophone on this record yeah. I like the all, instrumentation all the playing on this record is good yeah like, for sure it is good but I just I found myself comparing this to Paul's records and just thinking how very different the two had become in two or three years of not working together this record just like Imagine sounds a lot more dated like I think like Ram and Wildlife both sound like they hold up a lot better to kind of today's standards this is kind of like muddied with Phil Spector's slapback delay on everything um, it's a lot more kind of uh, sounds like it was recorded in an echo chamber. Yeah. You know, it's not as focused. Um, the vocals aren't kind of as clean. I don't know. It just it doesn't seem. It seems a little more dated to me than Paul stuff. Yeah, and there's an interesting parallel between Paul and John, um, in that they both uh, got married, started working musically with the person, mm. and their partner was criticised particularly for having bad voices. Mm. And yeah, very influential to both musically as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, really. Um, I mean, maybe more so Yoko than Linda, I don't know. Maybe Linda was more... Influential on their partner yeah. or on the public? On the partner, on their partner. Yeah, oh, definitely. I think Linda influenced Paul behind the scenes more and I think Yoko's influence was way more overt. And that's probably mm. because she was an established artist first, whereas Linda was not. Sure. She really had to yeah. yeah prove herself Linda. Mm. But mm. I suppose Yoko still hasn't... And I mean, yeah, yeah. And what do you guys think of Yoko Ono as an artist? So, well, taking it from from this record to start with, when at first, because this is the first time we've really heard her front and center. This is yeah. This features album. a lot of her. It has and her singing lead. It has her, you know, writing songs. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. 
And my first thought uh, was, which is Sisters Oh Sisters, I think, mm. the, the second track. Um, and that came on. I was like, oh, yeah, Yoko's got her charm. Like, I, I see, like, back, back in the 70s, I think there wasn't quite that taste for... Um, for rough singers like we were again we were talking about linda in the previous weeks about her kind of roughness and yeah. it being similar to certain other artists and i don't think in especially in mainstream 70s culture there was really a taste for like less than great singers at least less than great female singers especially well i think i think that's kind of more the point there was a lot harsher critiques of women at the time i mean if you think about how many more male rock stars and male band members there were in the public eye than female was, you know, mm. there was a huge amount of sexism going on at the time. And that's, you can't really separate that from how Yoko was, re, you know, viewed in the public. Yeah. Especially because there was this ludicrous kind of Yoko broke up the Beatles mm. um, dialogue that was going on that was just about her being like a, you know, an Eastern bad influence on John, which is so unbelievably insulting. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah. like not only to Yoko, but to John really. And to sure. the work they'd all put in. And, you know, it's either saying that John's an idiot or has no agency or, you know, like it's not, there's no way you can interpret that that doesn't just take away any kind of um, intention from John and, and the rest of the band. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, so listing, getting through the second track, I was like, yeah, no, nah, this is, this is all right. I don't mind Yoko actually. She's kind of got a, got a roughness that I, I kind of like. What about when Where a Water comes around? Um, Where a Water? Well, it was, it was a bit before that, Jess. Uh, what was, when was it? Born in a Prison. That was the first point where I started being like, oh, she is grating on me a bit. Mm. And, um, I have yeah. to, I have to say, listening back to this and listening to the, the live, stuff mm. <laughs> <laughs> well i might have a different take yeah go on to then because i was like i've thought listening back that zappa and the the mothers should have fucking just been backing john and yoko throughout the 70s i was like this is the band for them i thought yoko going over the top of that of zappa was this the only time this happened this yeah era? yeah right and yeah, i was like because yeah so for those who don't know frank zappa there's a second half of this record which is a live record the fourth quarter fourth quarter is um zappa. that is yeah zappa and the mothers of invention with john and yoko and it's pretty great yeah. and yoko losing her mind over fucking zappa wailing like sounds pretty incredible yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i agreed the first time or maybe second time i listened through this record yeah. by the third time i was I was a pretty sick of Yoko. Yeah. It was a bit much. Zappa's band is incredible enough to hold it together sure. to keep a lot of interest in there. Yeah, and yeah. There's well, one of the songs I think it's Jamrag, Jam maybe Rag, is yeah. like very Zappery. It's obviously a, a song that he's heavily involved in writing. And so that's yeah. interesting you say that because yeah. I found out earlier that he wasn't credited correctly for that song. He wasn't happy with the release because right. that song was actually called King Kong. King Kong, um, which I thought was actually a song by a band called Babe Ruth, but it is actually okay. a Zappa song, which I hadn't heard before. And both, they covered it later. And they covered it yeah, later, right. Babe, but both versions are really worth checking out anyway. Mm. So there you go. So wow. he wasn't happy. And also, the two vocalists, whoever Zappa had at the time, I'm not sure, mm. they were just sort of basically deleted from yeah, the Yeah, and you can oh, yeah. kind of hear that. Like, there's real, you know, quiet background stuff that must have come from the either audience mics or drum mics or something, and you can just tell they took it out. Yeah, and right. Zappa was really angry at the time for that being left off the yeah. final recording. And it would have been better with that, because... Absolutely, yeah. Apart from the first song, everything else is basically just instrumental, no? Yeah. Or at least it sounds like it is. Yeah. Well, uh, the Baby Please Don't Go isn't. That's that That's old the first, blues track. Yeah, which is really it's solid. Good, it's but cool. then, you know, in between every line, it's got Yoko going... Ah! 
<laughs> and I just, okay. I, 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 like, I just, give it something else. Like, I don't know, it's a little much. I, I don't particularly like the sound of her voice mm-hmm. anyway. Um, There's that video, uh, isn't there? Um, it's, if it Chuck, it's Chuck Berry, it's John playing with Chuck Berry and everyone's like proper killing it it's all great mm. and then Yoko's like screaming and Chuck Berry's eyes are just like <laughs> what is happening that's great I want to see that <laughs> those of you listening at home Jack gave very surprised eyes alright <laughs> oh, yeah they can't see you uh, yeah I mean look I think she has her place I think that her art is valuable um, I think there's some stuff I've seen her do that is really cool I think her visual art and her kind of interactive art um, I went to an exhibition that she did in at the Mona when I was in New York once and it was really interesting there was some right. stuff that was trash and some stuff that was fascinating um, so yeah, she definitely has a place, but I just think, ooh, I don't know. I just don't think it's side by side with John on this record. It, it, the songs that she takes lead on are the ones that I'm just like, I, I'm not interested in this. It's not I, really my thing. I've got to say the, um, the, the, the other thing I said, like I said, I listened to this album a few times and how I, uh, <laughs> a lot of time, you know, a lot of free time. I've listened to it quite a few times too. After the first listen, I thought I'm not going to be able to get through this again, but it's actually grown on me a bit. Oh yeah. Which I'm surprised about. Okay. I like it more now than I did when I first heard it. Right. I like it less. The first time I heard it, I was like, this is good. I don't know why it's so hated. Right. And then it diminished returns from then on <laughs> as I kind of yeah as, as Yoko wore on me and also I made the mistake of reading along to some of the lyrics yeah <laughs> oh the luck of the Irish that is she's, she bad. mentions rainbows and leprechauns and no. genocide and Baby gen- shamrock all over the world <laughs> yeah oh it's not it's not good um and it's such a it's such a <laughs> I don't know if this is a point worth making but it seems like such a, a colonial perspective of like everyone should be into this like if we all respected and loved the Irish so much you know leprechauns and shamrock would be all over the world it's like not everyone's British not everyone wants to colonise everyone like just, the Irish just want to be left alone you know it's it's that it's that kind of forced perspective that I feel like is very tone deaf when it comes to this political I, music on that sort of forced perspective that I just last night watched a video of... Um, sorry to just bag the British all night, Jack. Yeah, sorry no, it's fine. I'm used to it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we live here. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so I watched a video of, of John in, uh, in... I think it was in Central Park, maybe somewhere in New York. Um, and it's around the time of this album. And Yoko, Yoko gets up to do um, Sisters Oh Sisters. And uh, as soon as she grabs the mic, she starts screaming like, wake up, wake up, everybody. It's time to wake up. And it's just, oh, God, it's so obnoxious. And it's like, I don't like that heavy hand. Do you think it's only but... obnoxious because of what's happened since? Like, because that kind of pure idea has been taken and, and bastardized and kind of like turned inside out you know at the time if no one's ever done that before it does it come off as obnoxious or does it come off as like wow that's so powerful i just don't know that's the stuff that's so interesting about this era it's like it is a time capsule for better or worse Mm. it's it's hard to really know the reaction or how you would have felt if you'd seen it or i would have felt if i'd seen it you know sure Mm. but yeah what how i feel seeing it now is i don't appreciate yoko shouting at me through my tv screen stop that (laughs) i'm just trying to enjoy your song all right (laughs) leave me alone But there are some tunes on this album. I think Attica State is great. I think New York City is particularly amazing. I think John really captures a, a rock and roll thing that was that he missed the mark on in the last two records. Yeah. Like it's a successful song. I don't like New York City. Really? Yeah, it's, I, it's, it's like, bleh, I don't know. I'm not, I, I can't say I'm a huge fan, but he does, yeah. okay. he does name drop David Pill, though, so that's pretty Who's cool. That? It was, it was he was like I don't really know much about him himself but it was in David Pill on the Lower East Side which uh, were like sort of a 
hippie activists protest okay. marijuana so smoking bands. Marijuana like, smoking? Marijuana I say marijuana because they had a song called I Like Marijuana. I've heard that song. Yeah? So yeah. is it good that he name dropped them or bad? Yeah, no, he's cool. Okay, and great. they provide this great song called I Want to Kill You, which is just fantastic. Okay. Really good. Great. It's fucking great. This doesn't sound like a hippie mentality. No, but you know. I, I wrote in my notes, Where All Water Can Literally Get Fucked. I never want to hear that song yeah. again. Jess, Where All Water is one of my favorite Yoko songs on the album. <laughs> that right. look. This is. Uh, I think we're going the way of the Beatles this podcast. Yeah. yeah. There's a divide. Is Jack the Yoko that's splitting us apart? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, well, uh, I mean, I did. I listened to it again today, and I thought, okay, maybe it's not as bad as I thought. But I just, it's so cliche, and yeah. Ugh. I mean, also there is one thing which is that a lot of the songs, or no, some of the songs were literally no longer relevant once it came out. One song, John Sinclair, is about a guy being uh, put in jail for having a couple of joints on him. Yeah, and he was released by the time the album. He came was out. released three days, I think it was before. Damn. Yeah, so it's like. What, yeah, but he did go to a he. But that was one of the benefit rallies that he went to whilst he was in prison. All right, okay. But uh, yeah, exactly. It was already dated when it came out. Yeah, John and Sinclair was the uh, manager of the MC Five. Was he really? Yeah, huh. yeah McFive. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Yeah, what was he doing carrying around marijuana cigarettes? Oh, who, who God knows. Yeah, goodness knows. God. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, so the live part of this record is really great. It's, you were talking before about how the Bangladesh album doesn't really capture that kind of frenetic energy, and I think this absolutely does. The potential that John could have reached if he'd kind of continued on that path, I think, would have been monstrous. Um, I don't really know what's to come with John's uh, records from here. I'm pretty ignorant of everything yeah. post-Imagine. So. You'll know a few... I would say you'd know a couple of songs, or yeah. at least the, at least a single on the next album. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I, same, I don't know... I can't think of any John Lennon songs that we haven't heard already. You know, any songs that I've known from mm. from the radio growing up. There's a few. There's a few? Yeah. Yeah? I'll know them? Yeah. yeah God I'm, for that, otherwise we wouldn't sure. have much of a podcast left. Oh, yeah, true. But there's not that many of his albums left. left because what what's this? 72, yeah? 72, he's got eight years of, of his precious life left. But he, he, but he only really started, he really only carried on recording until 75. Right. I'm pretty sure it's 75 anyway. And then There was didn't... a bit of a resurgence right at the end, wasn't there? Yeah, felt, exactly. Yeah. So there was at least three, four years uh, he didn't record anything. Mm. Fortunately, Ringo did a lot of albums to make up for it. So okay. <laughs> sure did. So many. So the first song with Zappa's band, Well Baby Please Don't Go, mm. has got a fade out. A life at what? Come on. I hate it. I hate it so much. You just hate fade outs though. You've never been a fan. No, but a fade out on a live track is yeah. unforgivable. Because it, it ruins the suspension of disbelief where we all pretend this was actually recorded live. Yeah, sure. Okay. No, I, yeah, I get that. It's like you can tell if like, some fake applause has been put in. On yeah, that's right. <laughs> but is as it... well. That's something I noticed when I was watching this video of, uh, of, I think it was a video of John and Yoko. It kept cutting away to audience members as it does during the show. Uh, and when it went to them, they'd boost up the crowd volume, and yeah. it's like, don't oh, do that. that's awful. Actually, I think that was on a Paul McCartney video I was watching. Look, it's Either still way, probably it was, awful. It was yeah. still, it was still Beatles related. Yeah, I mean, it does he make up for the for by the fact that before pretty much every song, there's like an extended bit of the band tuning up and kind of fucking around <laughs> for yeah. about a good two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Preserve the integrity preserve of your it. suspension of disbelief. Yeah, not quite sadly. <laughs> And yeah. another thing, w- watching that video, bringing it back to this New York video, 
I, um, uh, John's fallen down a bit in my estimation, especially, especially since Plastic Ono Band, how much I love that record. Mm. It's, I don't like him as a performer. He comes across as like disaffected and too cool. Yes, and like, by this point, it does seem like that. And it's just, I don't have, I don't like that. I don't, I, I like performers that look at least in like they're, they're getting some passion from it. Ideally, like they're enjoying it in some way. For him, it looks like he's really trying to look bored. And I know, I think I feel- he, he, more than any, he really wanted to distance himself from his past, his musical yeah. past, you know, and was trying to make like his own identity. Well, at his best, um, he has that kind of, you know, that dry humour that really sells him as being quite charismatic and someone you want to watch perform because he's such a rock star. But I think at this stage, especially pairing it with political music, makes him come across as extremely smug and mm. detached and kind of just not really in touch with where he came from at all. Yeah. And it's a shame, really. And, and that- I think if he'd lived, he probably would have like grown out of that and it would have, he would have had a very different career yeah. for better or worse. And as I say, I do think at this point he's, he's got good intentions. I think he, you know, he's got a good heart. Old sure, Dylan, of course. He really yeah. does, you know. Uh, he's just confused and it's like all of us are, you know. Yes, <laughs> that's true, yeah. I mean, we talked briefly a couple of episodes ago about his, you know, very complex relationship with his first wife and um, and Yoko even as well and how he was abusive, particularly emotionally abusive towards Cynthia right at the end um, and did hit her once, you know, in a situation that sounds obviously horrible. And it was, you know, it was trauma that he brought down from his own family. Like he had a horribly um, damaging upbringing and, you know, a horrible relationship with his father and then was basically stolen by his mother from his aunt who was crazy and you know and then he kind of did the same shit to his kid and you know it must have really i mean not that any of that's an excuse but it's like ugh, it leads it makes it makes a complex mistakes. person it, it makes a complex person and yeah. and as i think i said in previous episode he's definitely the one with the most demons they definitely come out strong um, yeah and that's why when he's kind of on his high horse it's a bit like yeah nah mate sorry mm. I think he realised that after this album, though, as right. well, because, like, uh, critically, uh, he never really um, recovered from okay. this album in some respects. Really? Yeah, everyone say. saw him as that guy. For, yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. by, by this point was, like, the... the earnestness of the Beatles and that was that sort of giving way was it not cool to do this sort of music anymore was it already what do you mean this music like political music uh, no like more lyrically protest music and like because it wasn't the 60s do you mean yeah I guess so and just from the bad like if the reviews were that bad then surely he must have been a bit out of touch with but maybe it was the fact that he just came across as being out of touch rather than the, the music although I mean I mean, it was political. It was the end of the 60s. I mean, you couldn't do anything at the start of the 70s without being accused of, like, you know, killing the 60s, really, could you? It's like there was there was such a turn politically yeah. and everything was becoming so much more conservative um, I just that maybe was... people were just a little bit disenfranchised with anyone who had that kind of attitude. I don't know. I was just thinking of the song Ohio, yeah, like New York, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, yeah. Ohio, yeah. That's I'm not entirely sure exactly when that was, but it's obviously during the Vietnam War, so it was would have been around this time, 72, 73 or something. But that song is not dated. It's just a really great song, isn't it? But it's about a very specific thing. Yes. Um, but why is that not... I guess that shows I mean? if, if your song's good enough and you don't put the N-word in it, then you can, <laughs> you can last the test of time. Well, I think... I think it's evident that in that song, what it basically is, it's a story, right? It tells a story. It's like, this happened, 
and then it tells kind of the point of view of the common man or the point of view of those suffering because of a situation but it doesn't have any kind of like holier than thou call to action where it's like sure you're either with us or you're against us or like we should be doing this it's or not like, saying rise up yeah, like, it's not saying you know do what I say because I'm X it's saying you know soldiers are gunning us down and you know there's four dead here and you know this horrible situation especially because the tune is just fantastic yeah yeah um, but yeah I think it's 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 a time and place, but it's not dated. It's interesting that you bring that up. Yeah. yeah. And even, you know, like put more, one of the single that he brought out before this record was Power to the People. The, if the record was full of songs like that, yeah. there'd be no issue. I mean, Power to the People right on. That's all that you need to really take yeah. from it. And it's it's just as empowering in a lot of ways as getting into the nitty gritty of like a, a specific situation about one guy who was caught with a bunch of marijuana on him in an airport, especially yeah. when that guy is already like some rich rock stars manager. It's so out of touch with the public, you know. Did you know apparently Bernie Sanders uh, used that for his campaign? What, Power of the People? Yeah. John Sinclair. Really? <laughs> <laughs> but that's just funny to think, isn't it? But, uh, that's brilliant. Yeah. It, wait, back then or like recently? No, recently. Yeah. That's brilliant. Oh, Bernie. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of why Bangladesh was such a good song too. It's kind of like Ohio in that way. It's just like this situation is happening and it's bad, you know. Let's all help out. It kind of... I mean, even that has a call to action, but it, why doesn't that come across as smug? Yeah. No, but that song hasn't stood the test of the time in the ways that Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young song has. It's, that's, no, true. That's, that's true. true. Yeah. No, I no you don't it hear before. it. No. Yeah. 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 Because, you know, when it's saying, come and help out, it's like, wait, help who? Wait. <laughs> oh, right, that problem's solved. Oh, Fine, don't worry about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I always have that problem when I hear songs. Um, any sort of any <laughs> verb in the imperative form, I'm compelled to do it. <laughs> so I guess John, John... Get, get back. Where am I getting back to? <laughs> I just got here. I guess. I, I guess after. If I went back to the Irish, I didn't even know I had it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, one thing I want to say. Do you notice that Sunday Bloody Sunday is a bit that sounds exactly like come together? Yeah, no, no, you don't know. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. No, that was come together with Sunday, Buddy, Sunday. Yeah, that's what I was trying to do. Yeah, to rehearse this one. So after this, he must have realised anyway. Well, he did in the coming years, but he was like, okay, I need to do something a little bit more, you know. Radio friendly, I okay. guess. So let's record a Christmas song, Yoko. Right, that came up. So, what do you guys this. think of Happy Christmas War is Over? It's oh. a classic. It's a classic. It has been ruined by working in an Irish pub over Christmas. Mm. I can never Sorry listen to, to it that. again. Yeah. yeah, I did once work in a, a, in a clothes shop, Beacocks in Tottenham, if you must know. Beacocks in yeah. Tottenham? How long did you work there for? I don't know, maybe in like two months. Yeah. Over oh. Christmas, anyway. Well, like many, stacking, stacking many moons, moons ago. Many moons ago. And yeah, that's the only experience I've had of, you know, the same six or eight or ten right. or whatever Christmas songs going over and over. It's, it's quite sad. Yeah. But I was always happy when this song came on. Mm. Or a little bit more happy, anyway. Sure. It's a good song. Do they have a spaceman came travelling on there? Spaceman came travelling. <laughs> A ship from afar. <laughs> do they? Do they have the Paul McCartney <laughs> Christmas Christmas song? I don't think they did. No. Oh, do, do, wonderful do, Christmas time. Do, yeah. Do, do. No, that's a different no. song. Do 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 do. That's yeah. That was also on there. It's a great song. Yeah. Pub playlist. I won't hear you speak a little bit. Yeah. I won't hear it. Well, what's I, better, the John Lennon or the McCartney? Well, I mean, they're very different. They are, and years apart as well. So I do like War Is Over as well. It's, yeah, it's, I think it's I, not smug. It's very lovely. It's kind of, it 
does feel well intentioned and uh, yeah he should have just written a Christmas album <laughs> made everyone happy <laughs> uh, what would John Lennon's Christmas album be called oh hmm <laughs> woman is the centre of the world <laughs> whoa <laughs> <laughs> oh wow yeah. what about the uh, B-side you give that a to uh, listen, oh, you listen, mean, listen the, the snow, snow is, is falling. falling. Yeah. So just because I I do get my Yoko only B sides confused at this point between Open Your Box and Touch Me and Listen the Snow is Falling and and all the live tracks. Yeah. Is this a blues band playing with Yoko screaming? No, no, no. It's quite a sweet sounding song. It's really? actually a really good. Song. I, I do remember this one. It's covered by Galaxy Five Something. Five hundred. Five hundred. Yes, which is a really good cover. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, the song was actually quite nice. It's really yeah. good. Yeah, I've got nothing bad to say about it. It's very sweet. Oh, funny that had been on. If, okay, if we just got rid of most of the tracks off "Sometime in New York," changed the racially offensive words, and put on "Power to the People," "Happy Christmas," and "Listen, the Snow Is Falling," we we'd would have, have a banger. We'd there have you a go. great, mm. okay EP. I'd give it. And change the lyrics of John Sinclair. So five it wasn't so out of temporary. Oh, then. it sounds like maybe you're gonna give it less. Then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh Lord. Wow. Are we going there? Have we? We got any more thoughts about uh, any of these? I really projects? don't know. That's yeah. It's a, it was an interesting time. It was an interesting, it was a very time interesting time for all of us. Um, mm. uh, yeah, I think it's sometime in New York City, and probably the Bangladesh album as well was something I'll maybe never come back to. I don't see myself putting these on for. Mm. Um, I can't imagine a situation where I'm like, yeah, I really feel like like cranking them again. Been a lot of great music we've covered. Even the yeah. concert, like I, I've, there's a lot of other shows pro shot in the seventies that are better. Yeah, it's good. It's it's a real moment in time, and it's really important for that reason. And there's some moments that are just fantastic, and it is lovely to see George and Ringo on stage together again. Yeah. Um, but this is. But overall, it's not life changing. No, mm. and yeah, unfortunately, I mean, it's sad to say, I guess, because George is not there. But the songs from concert for George, I would probably watch more over the ones. Concert from Bangladesh, you know. But it's not because oh, I know. Anyway, it's bad to say, but you know, maybe it's just. But also, I mean, I think it's because they chose songs for that record, especially songs from All Things Must Pass, that are just so wonderful. And I feel like he, for concert for George. Yeah, right. he 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 left a lot of them off. Like we could have heard a lot more. Mm, definitely. I mean, it's mostly not him, right? Probably yeah. half. Good half. More yeah. than half the album is not Which is lovely. George. That's very typical George, sharing the spotlight and yeah. kind yeah, of wanting sure. to celebrate all these other people. But it's a shame. <laughs> Leon Russell, who I'd never heard of. <laughs> yeah. What was that song? He did like, well, he did a couple of verses and other songs, but he also did like a Rolling Stones cover. Didn't oh, he? Yeah. Does he do a medley? Yeah, a medley, medley, yeah. Yeah. Of, I already forgot that existed mm. yeah anyway whoever he is but even Very you know good. his version of My Sweet Lord in this is kind of nothingy mm. um, you know even it was like they obviously hadn't rehearsed heaps because he did like Here Comes the Sun by himself and yeah. it could have been with the band I guess but maybe they just didn't have time or whatever well yeah. maybe he wanted to showcase it himself who knows and I'd say the Beatles songs are probably the standouts on the record which yeah. to me sounds like they're more rehearsed, more yeah. more prepared. I guess because people knew them. People knew them. Yeah. Just slip yeah. into them, yeah. Anyway, so how do we want to rate these? Do we want to do the album and then separately? Or what do, what do you guys want to do? <laughs> I think I'm just going to rate sometime in New York City. Bangladesh is just... It's a live record. It doesn't need a... It is what it is. Uh, you know? Yeah, I think the same, really. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Look, I think at the end of the day, most of the singles have a great place in the canon of all of these artists. Mm, for sure. Um, it's a bit of a shame that they were left off records really and that that was kind of the the 
trend of the time, especially next week we would get to, um, there's a lot of singles that happened around the time of Red Rose Speedway um, Mm. that could have... Oh, what, sat really nicely on the record. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I mean, there were so many Beatles singles that were some yeah. of their best best output. So. But I guess that was the point back then is like people bought singles just as much as they bought yeah. albums and yeah. so they weren't as kind of... And you'll see, like, it's quite away. a... It's not even really a gradual change. You'll see as the albums go on, as we as we progress, like, that there's less and less singles. Is that right? Uh, as the 80s... As the 80s approaches. And yeah, yeah, for sure. Seven Inch Dies. Yeah, and uh, although I was still furiously buying singles in, you know, 1995, Savage Gardens to the Moon and Back. Mm. Savage Gardens, I Want You. I didn't have I Want You. Savage Gardens, Truly Madly Deeply. They did have that, yeah. I remember buying George Michael's Freak on single ones. Mm. Don't know why. Mm. Just, you gotta have it, don't you? (laughs) Mm. I bought uh, Apple Eyes by Swoop. Apple eyes drinking strawberry wine together. I don't know about that. I bought Chumbawamba's Tub Thumping. No way. I think the B side was a remix of Tub Thumping. (laughs) And then the the C side was an instrumental version of Tub Thumping. Oh, that's what you want, really. Yeah, it might have been a gift from from a friend. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he thinks of that tangent. Uh, Oh. (laughs) I'm remixing that. <laughs> All right. Drink some whiskey drink. Yeah, it might have been a, a gift from a friend who didn't know. Oh, he's carrying well. on. Oh, he's carrying on. Cool. Yeah. You didn't get the hint. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm going to delete all that. That's fine. Hang on, what? So, all of the episode, oh yeah. Um, okay, so, on a scale of one to ten per secretary, Sometime in New York City by John Lennon, Yoko Ono, Plastic Ono Band, and the Forgetful Fruit Meots or whatever they're called. Elephant's, Elephant's memory. memory. Yeah, that's the one. Forgetful Fruit Meots. Uh, Jack, what do you reckon? Look, because <laughs> of the Zappa stuff on there, which I did thoroughly enjoy listening back to this time, I, I'll give it slightly more uh, better score. I'm going to give it a two. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. That's better, than, better than what? That's what I'm just looking at our previous scores. I mean, I don't think I've ever given anything one, but like, I, w- I think it deserves, if it was just the main studio album, then yeah. I think I'd give it a one because it, it, it deserves it. It deserves a one? Yeah. <laughs> I just, Lennon, you've made a one of an album. I've just never, I've never liked this album. I've heard this album ages ago and mm. I've, I've never, it's never been one I've gone back to. I just, yeah. It's a very, it's a very True. low point. It's the lowest point, I think, in, John Lennon's. Mm. Thank God for that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to give it, I'll give it a two. Okay. All right. Um, I first listen, I would have been ready to give this a, a five or a six, I reckon, but because of those diminishing returns, it's really, it's just brought it down in my estimation. I, I get frustrated with, with Yoko's input. I get bored with John's input. And at the end of the day, there's only probably two or three songs, uh, that I would consider, good songs one of which i could never play in polite company yeah so uh it gets a three from me mm. okay yeah i'm confused weirdly enough i was going to give it a one when i first heard it and then with the addition of the pretty experimental and largely good live side um some massive swings and misses but as i've kind of said before i kind of like swings and misses i would rather a big fail than a boring middle ground right and the fact that he didn't pull any punches when it came to speaking his mind, whether or not that was misguided or not, is a completely different conversation and, and you know, could be taken into consideration there. I think I do appreciate the fact that he kind of went big with this, but also he probably shouldn't have. 
I think just overall, it's smug, it's detached, it's reductive, and it's lacking any true caring or insight into the issues that he's actually talking about. You heard it first. <laughs> Is that too much? <laughs> no, I, I did read a, a review that sounded similar. So yeah. Right. Yeah. You're yeah. not the only one. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so for that, oh, I think I, I'm going to give it a two as well. Yeah. Wait, did I give anything else a two? Let me just see. Yeah. Okay. I gave, yeah, I gave Buku's or Blues a two. Okay, yeah, so that's a two as well. Yeah? Yeah. All right, we gave it a... Yeah. So yeah. from now on, two is Buku's or Blues? Yeah. Buku's or Blues. Jess has given it one, Buku's, 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 Buku's of two. Buku's of twos. Buku's of twos. Okay. It's your... Buku's of twos out of temporary secretary. Okay, yeah. great. Buku's of twos yeah. out of temporary secretary cool. from Jess. Hmm... Mm. I like these ones. I really like... I mean, th- we've been talking for a long time. Yeah. yeah. But I, I do really enjoy talking about this shit. It's There's always a lot to look into. A lot to unpack. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bad album. There's always an interesting album. Yeah. On mm, except for Bukas. Except for Bukas of Blues. <laughs> Which, again, is... Album. It's not necessarily a bad album, yeah. Um, okay, so... We have, to, we have to do a song, We're going to do something this. Um, there's, you know, there's a few we could choose. Yeah. Um, so, this what, is... <laughs> what do we want to do? I mean, we should just do Give Island Back to the Irish and not do any of John's. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, God. I'd be okay with that, yeah. Is that allowed? Who's um, making the rules? We fucking are. We are, that's true, yeah. We, want. we could do Listen to the Snow We could just do it and be like, right, guys, this is a few years late, but um, maybe we could still work towards it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Brexit, you never know what's next. Maybe you do. Yeah, I am down for that. We were talking Jack, about as doing... a resident of Great Britain, where, where do you stand on Irish independence? <laughs> Listen... All I know is that I can get an Irish passport, so... Um, How can you? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, Gilligan, mate. Yeah, you don't just have to have a name. Yeah. Well, it helps. Okay. How close is your Irish family? Both my grandparents on my dad's side. Okay. Wow. Can yeah. we get married and I can get your Irish passport? Uh, he already proposed to me today. Really? And the other times you've turned me down. Yeah, I know. I'm only trying to help you out. I appreciate that. No, we're not doing a sham marriage, government, <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> government, <laughs> pure listening. Pure love. Your um, sexless love. Uh, yeah, we talked about doing John Sinclair. There is a, uh, a little... Gotta, 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 Set him down and down and down and down There's a little um, racially uncomfortable word in that as well. Oh, yeah? I was referring to uh, the Vietnamese. So oh god, yeah, I know. we could change it. Let's do give Iron back to the Irish. Uh, give Iron back to the Irish. Oh, like fuck it. That's so <laughs> insulting, isn't it? To just to pick the one Paul song and do that. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I love it. Great, let's do that. Could, maybe we All could right. rewrite and mix the two songs, Luck of the Irish and Give Iron Back to the Irish, together. Maybe oh we could god. take some of the. What just make Give Iron Back to the Irish worse? You mean? Yeah, I guess you're. No, I guess you're. Right. Give, yeah. give Ireland back to the luck of the Irish. <laughs> On Sunday, bloody Sunday. Oh. All right. Well, we don't know what you're going to hear, but yeah. you're going to hear something. You're right. going to hear it. So here it comes, whatever it might be. Thanks for listening. Thanks um, for listening. Oh, before we go, yeah. Um, actually, we've got. Um, do you guys want to answer some audience questions? Oh. Do you want to answer some audience I questions? I mean, why the? Oh, so we've got a couple of. We've got a couple of audience questions. Um, look. Full disclosure, we have recorded a few of these episodes a little far in advance. So what you're hearing is uh, a reaction to some of the early episodes, which are now uh, online. Um, but we got a couple of audience questions, so I'd like to ask them to you guys and see if you want to answer them. I'm so ready to be asked. Uh, we've got the first one is from, this is from after listening to our first episode. Um, this is uh, about Ringo. Um, so I think this is worth just discussing briefly. This is from Monica in Melbourne, okay? So I'm going to play this question first. This is an audio question. Hello, this is Monica from Melbourne. Uh, thanks for your first episode. I thought it was great. I 
was just calling in because I wanted to ask if you were planning on talking about Ringo's appearance in the 1975 film Listomania, where he portrays the Pope. Uh, really hope that, I really hope that you do mention it if you when once you get to 1975 in the timeline. Thanks. Bye. Well, thank you, Monica. Yay! <laughs> so what's the film called? Thanks, Mom. L- List- Listomania, I guess. I only know that because it's the name of a song by Phoenix, the French kind of electro-pop mm. band. Did you know about this, Jack? I had no I, idea about I this. I have never heard of it. No, I didn't know. I'm so glad that we were informed. Yeah, Because yeah, that... Yeah. I mean, all I... The reason I wanted to play these cameras was just to further show you how great Ringo is. Right. Yeah. It he played the Pope. That, yeah, he would make a good Pope. We haven't seen it. He's, he's, he's got a Roman <laughs> nose. He's, that's true. Got it all. We haven't seen his performance yet, but it's going to be... No, it's going to be stellar, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I cannot wait. I feel like we should skip a few seasons just to get to 1975. <laughs> yeah, well, that's going to tie in with his next album, isn't it? Ringo's 75, right? Uh, is it? I've, I Sorry? Have an, I have an inkling that Ringo, the album, might be 75. Oh, it's 1975. Okay. I yeah, might, yeah, okay. I'm ready to be corrected, but... Uh, yeah. Well, I, I feel, don't see why we can't just mention it anyway during that. Sure. Well, Look, let's how watch about, it. Let's how watch about it we make a that. promise to Monica? Uh, We're going to watch Listomania, and we will talk about it... In 1975. In 1975. And we send our thanks. And we'll what, sorry? We send our thanks. We send yeah, our thanks. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. Um, yeah. I've got one more as well. Okay. This is from Angela in... Angela! Uh, in Ontario, Canada. Sure, she's not in New um, York City. She's not in New York City. It's not Angela from the record. Although, I did like that song too. Um, so this is about the All Things Must Past episode. We were talking about how Eric Clapton wasn't uh, credited on the record for playing guitar until years later. She asked if you, and I want an answer from both of you guys, if you could Eric Clapton on a song, i.e. secretly play an instrument and no one would know that it was you for 15 years, which artist and which instrument would you choose? Okay. I would have to say... Go ahead. I would have to say uh, probably At The Beach by Inuit. (laughs) What would you like to play? (laughs) Um, I don't know. Uh, well, maybe a cough. A cough, no, or like Wait, a clap. A cough and a clap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. No, I think I think that would. Um, yeah, no. I it would, might I'd cement be... you in the further lexicon of such a band. Yeah, no. Yeah. I thought I thought that would be. Yeah, no. I've always I very much liked that album. I'd show it to people. Uh, you know. Do you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should. <laughs> there's better in your albums. Oh, yeah. in... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. It's got at least three good songs on it. So yeah. I guess that would be my answer. Right. Yeah, now we have to include Inuits for Vanna Blast on the, it's uh, the playlist. It's already on there. We mentioned it. So oh, so, we? Somehow we, we already mentioned we it. We mentioned our own band. Oh, yeah, we are yeah, pathetic, yeah. aren't we? Um, okay, I know what I would like to do. Yeah. I would like to go back to the studio with, uh, I think, Rick Rubin in 1999 and record all of Omar's guitar parts on At The Drive-In's Relationship of Command. What? I think they will be so much fun to play. So just Omar doesn't get to be on he the record? He doesn't get to be on the record. It's me instead. Oh, okay. And uh, the album is all the worse for it, but I get to know that I played on those songs. And like he tells you what to play and you're like, now I get to play it and you don't get to play it. Uh, no, it's more like I go, I travel back in time and I already know the parts. Right, and you just change them. And I'm just kind of there. And I, I exert some sort of mind control on Omar Rodriguez Lopez he goes off and sits in the corner and talks about veganism to someone and uh, and I just sit in the control room and play all the guitar parts wow. and throw the guitar around wasn't that album recorded live though? it was too yeah so I'd have to commit okay mind control <laughs> over all the members as Omar Rodriguez I suppose yeah. yeah okay great cool fair enough I think oh, in great. 1999 I had the hair for it so uh... <laughs> <laughs> not anymore <laughs> not anymore <laughs> how about you Jess? Uh, well I, I already answered Angela but I said I'd love to 
Uh, Sorry, Angela is the song that you would like to I answered to, to Angela the song. Uh, I would have loved to be on like a Joni Mitchell record or a, or a Aretha Franklin record or something in the 70s where there was always like a guest player that you never really knew who it was, but there was just some like tasty guitar like that was like the best thing you've ever heard. Yeah. I'd love to just be one of those guys where you're like, yeah, I played that. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's mine. Anyway, um, so next week we are talking about the next Wings record. Red Rose, Red Rose Speedway. 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 Which I keep thinking it's called Red Rose Speedwagon for but some it's reason. Instead called Red Rose Speedway. And now it's forever known as Red Rose Speedwagon. So next week, and we'll, there's a few singles around then, as we said, that we'll be discussing too. Uh, mm-hmm. Some gold, some silver. Simone. Simone had a little lamb. So, until next time. Black Bye bye. 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 Donegal, Dublin, Kerry. Give Ireland back to the Irish. Don't make them have to take it away. Give Ireland back to the Irish. Make Ireland Irish today. Great Britain, you are tremendous. Yeah.